Hey everyone, so today I've got Denny, a hypnotist and transformation mentor, to come talk to us a little bit about hypnosis. Um, it's a little bit, uh, it might sound a little bit removed from nutrition, but just bear with us and we'll get to the point. So Denny, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. Absolutely. And you know, uh, if you do a Google search and, and research how many times people type in hypnosis for weight loss, it's mm -hmm. in the millions. So yes, people are looking for that thing. And for me, what started on my journey is in 2001, and I was 35 years old at the time. On the outside, I looked professional, successful. I looked like I had mm -hmm. it all together, right? But on my 35th birthday, I was diagnosed with a very fast spreading form of cancer. Hmm. And my kids were six and 12 at the time. And when you're faced with that kind of diagnosis, you're pretty much shown what to do next. So the doctor's going on, you know, I'm, we're going to inject you with radioactive dye to determine hmm. if we're going to remove one or several lymph nodes. And that's going to help us decide if you're going to get chemo with your radiation. And so the doctor's going on and on. And there was a tiny little voice inside that said, that's not for you. And I said no <laughs> to all of that. And they pretty much yelled at me, what are you crazy? You're going to be dead in two years. Mm -hmm. So this year I just celebrated 19 years. But on that journey from that day to now, it was creating this inner space, if you will, mm -hmm. it's a state of being. And so that's what hypnosis is. It's actually a state of being. And it's so natural to us that when people tell me, oh, I can't be hypnotized, I'll ask them, have you ever experienced watching TV and all of a sudden 30 minutes went by and you don't know where it went? Mm -hmm. Or have you ever experienced driving along a regular route you do every day? And then realizing you can't account for the last 15 minutes. So mm -hmm. if you've experienced these things, you've experienced hypnosis and hypnosis means trance work. It's getting in this state to do the change work. And so if you're on a journey of weight loss, wanting to know about nutrition, especially nutrition for your body, because I know like this, this body is allergic to bananas. So for somebody else who says, oh, just eat fruit, eat bananas, it's good for you. Uh, no, it affects my respiratory, it closes my throat, I can't breathe. So when we come to this space of this inner physician that Dr. Upledger called it, this inner knowing that we have about what we need, we connect to this. And this is where the change works, begins. But we have to get our mind, our thoughts, our ideas, and beliefs around weight loss. So if you're looking to lose weight, you're going to set that goal, you know, New Year's resolution, I'm going to lose 50 pounds or whatever that is. And then next thing you know, the next day you're eating all of the things you're not supposed to be eating and you're self-sabotaging. So what hypnosis does is it goes down deep and it finds these parts, if you will, that wake up and say, what do you mean you're going to lose weight? You're not worthy of that. 
do you remember that, that, and that happened a long time ago? And it's because of this, and you're using this to protect it, you know, whatever that is inside that will wake up and pretty much decide your choices. Next thing you know, you're eating things or behaving in ways that is exact opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Who's experienced that? Yeah, and I think before we go even deeper and further into this topic, for my benefit, as well as I'm sure for a lot of my listeners' benefits, can you actually explain how hypnosis works? Because the way you described it just now, and I would even compare that to, you know, when you go to a concert or, you know, listen to an orchestra playing and music really moves people, I believe. And it has a way of putting people in a trance state, right? You're suddenly, you're moving along with the music or everybody's singing the same words and so what is actually happening in our brains when that happens? Yes, there is a part of the brain that it's called the critical faculty. And this is the part of the mind that is kind of like the gatekeeper. So it's in the mm -hmm. front and it will bring in knowledge that it feels is beneficial and let go of the rest, right? So we mm -hmm. know the brain has a limit of only so many bits of information mm -hmm. that it's holding. So what that is, it's in the front and through hypnosis, relaxing the body, letting go of things, coming into this inner space, connecting with this inner knowing and shifting, shifting from this critical part of you, the mind that is the gatekeeper and beginning to relax it. So this part goes toward the back and then this unconscious I, I really don't like to call it unconscious I like to call it super conscious because there's no thought here thought is in the mind right so mm -hmm. this larger part of us we're human beings the human is this seen part the being is this unseen this part of us is intelligent. That's why I don't like to call it unconscious. However, within ourselves, within our own wholeness of consciousness, we are only aware, consciously aware of a small percentage. Mm -hmm. Everything else is in the dark, unless we put our focus, attention, and awareness on it. And I love to use the analogy of, think of a big mansion. And it's completely dark inside. It's huge. There's so many rooms, levels. It's absolutely huge. This is our consciousness. So what we're consciously aware of is what we shine a light on. Okay, what's mm -hmm. in front of us? What's to that direction? Nope, don't want that. What's in that direction? Okay, I want to go in this direction. Oh my gosh, I don't like that. And that's the direction. Let's change that. Then we're stuck on our journey, right? So this is how I like to explain what's unconscious. There's unconscious programs running in the background. For example, I want to wear a size six and I want to wear a two-piece bikini and travel the world. But there's a part inside that says, oh, really? You're not good enough for that. Who do you think you mm -hmm. are? You failed so many times in the past. Watch us fail this time. And so these parts begin to wake up. Going through to this space because this part of us cannot be coerced this part of us can't be tricked 
and this part of us can't be forced. So we go through a hypnosis process where we gather all of these parts. Some of these parts are thoughts, past experiences, past emotions that we've suppressed and now they're popping up, you're triggered, mm -hmm. right? So they're waking up. So all of these parts have to come to a point to willingly integrate all of their knowledge, wisdom, and understanding with the wholeness that you are, while this super consciousness, this intelligence that we are, does a massive rewrite of all these programs, releasing the emotions, releasing the beliefs and ideas, the programming, the suppression, the bypassing that no longer serve. So this integration process is so beautiful because it happens with your healing team. So I can't tell you what to do because your critical faculty is going to be like, nope, I'm not going to let that in. Mm -hmm. So we go through this state. You're creating this natural state of being and you've experienced it. We've all experienced it. And so we come into this space. This is why when somebody comes to me a second, a third and a fourth time, it's easier to get into trance, to start mm. doing the work right away. And we get through those myths, you know, like I'm going to make you do things, you know, like walk like a duck and quack like a dog or whatever, you know, to just do weird <laughs> things. Your critical faculty, your mind won't let that happen if you don't want it to. I was just wondering if things that are in our unconscious, can they actually be passed down generations if we don't know about them? I love this question. And, you know, science is just now discovering that within the DNA, there was this dark matter and they used to just ignore it, you know, but now they're seeing that they're finding ancestral memories in this matter. And so this is why we're triggered by certain mm. things that we've experienced in the past. So we're able to pass on these instincts reactions, intuitions mm. onto our children generationally. And so this is, this is a protection mechanism within the reptilian brain. And so this is how, you know, uh, monkeys, groups of monkeys, one monkey will figure out how to use a rock to break open an, an, mm -hmm. an oyster. Next thing you know, monkeys on different islands who don't know each other are now using this technique Mm. to solve a problem and so we are no different this happens in on the neurological level there's there's just energy here um and another question i've got around consciousness so we hear a lot about obviously our our consciousness and you hear the word subconscious as well is that the same thing as what you called a super conscious or are there more levels than that in the work that I incorporate from Dr. Gary Flint, he talks about assembling the healing, your healing team. And this healing team is three parts of you. So in a sense, you can call these levels, if you will, mm -hmm. but all three work together. And we, when we're dysfunctional, all three are not working together. And so the first part of the healing team is your focus, awareness, and attention, and it is your most precious gift. What are you putting it on? 
What are you feeding? Because you create this energetic cycle of what you're giving, you're receiving. What you're giving, you're receiving. So this is energy. This is physics, right? So we are no different. So if I'm putting my energy on all the chaos that's going on in the world, I begin to feed that cycle. This is the power of your focus, awareness, and attention. Here's the thing. Marketing knows this. And Mm. marketing tells us that our, on average, our focus, awareness, and attention is six seconds long. Six Mm. seconds. Oh, my gosh. If we have our focus, awareness, and attention only at six seconds. So the second part of the healing team is what I call the unconscious. And this is... This is the larger part of us that we're not aware of things that are going on. The third part of the healing team sees both what we're focused on and what's happening within the unconscious. So for example, if I'm focused on, oh my God, my anxiety is at a level nine now. All of these things are happening. My heart rate's up. I can feel tightness. I'm at a nine. I'm focused in on this nine. So all of these parts waking up in the unconscious, you're unconsciously aware of it. This could be past experiences, triggers, emotions, reactions, beliefs of what's going on, conflicting. All of these things start to wake up in the unconscious where our mind is not consciously aware of what's going on there, Mm -hmm. right? This third part, this intelligence sees what you're focused in on, sees it's an eight or a nine and it's causing some serious pain in your life. And it can see the perfect order and sequence of all of these parts waking up because of what you're putting your focus, attention, and awareness on. These mm. are the parts that wake up that create no inner space. We have constantly thinking about things, tight about things, reacting to things. We have no inner space. When we allow your healing team, this is through hypnosis, we show this larger part how to do the work. Mm. And we do this through metaphor and allegory our brain loves organization so Mm -hmm. imagine like a soccer field or a football field this large organized field you know exactly where the middle is you know where the lines are you know where the goals are you know where the boundaries are you can see it clearly now you're aware of the field you're on it you're running around on it and all of a sudden you're stepping in these holes you didn't see these holes before until you're stepping in them right? So Mm -hmm. these are parts that wake up and you're stepping in them. You're stepping over them. You're hurting yourself. You're making choices that go against what your path is, what your desires are. Then this larger unseen part can see the perfect order and sequence of these holes appearing. Mm -hmm. And it begins to fill in like a feather, fill Mm -hmm. it in. And what happens is this integration process of each and every one of these parts sharing all of its wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, because trauma has wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for you. But if we Mm -hmm. keep it suppressed and it pops up, it can affect our choices. And a lot of us will get triggered. Next thing you know, we're going to Dairy Queen, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, and stuffing it back down. Mm. This, um, this really, aligns with a lot of um, reading I've been doing around the idea of intuitive eating Um, and I do feel that as you said right you said it perfectly marketing knows this right the very best of marketing completely understands how we fall for you know the labels the colors the funky adverts 
And I almost feel that a good first step for people to take would actually be trying to take back ownership of their consciousness a little bit. You know, think about how you're feeling rather than only using irrational thinking. You know, in Daniel Kahneman's book, he talks about the two types of thinking, right? Fast thinking and slow thinking. And essentially, it's the idea that we make snap decisions. Um, and I think, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Malcolm Gladwell oh, also has him. a book yeah. called Blink, where he talks about that within two seconds, you know you don't like something about this person. You're usually right. And, and I think the way you described it really suddenly clicked in me that very often when you're able to make these very accurate one second decisions it is because you are drawing from something within you that you didn't know you knew I guess without giving away your proprietary information I'd actually be quite interested to understand how you actually put someone into hypnosis Absolutely. And you know what? It's not proprietary. I share any question that anybody has. There's nothing proprietary. I'm an open book. So there are systems in the body and it, we have the visual system, the auditory system and the kinesthetics, our, our senses, mm -hmm. feeling, feeling it, touching it, kinesthetic. And what I do is I find out the person's dominant one. Then once I find okay. out their auditory, I'm going to use the other systems to get in. So if you are auditory, I'm going to say, imagine with your eyes closed, look ahead in front of you. And what do you notice? So I use words that are vague as far as what system they should use. Mm -hmm. So once they get into the different systems, they begin to, their whole nervous system begins to relax and it mm -hmm. creates this intuitive energetic loop so I'm constantly calibrating I'm constantly looking at the person whether they're here in my office or because of COVID I'm doing even local clients online I'm still able to calibrate them with their facial expressions are their words congruent with their body language so I'm constantly mm -hmm. calibrating and I can tell when somebody's faking it <laughs> so I'll switch so I'll switch how 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 do I know which one is my dominant one? Well, I could ask you a question, darling. And if you can think as far back as you can, mm -hmm. your earliest memory of when you understood anger. Is this me feeling anger or the me? The first time you experienced anger. Okay. I think I've got okay. it. Okay. Okay. So I don't want to know the answer. Mm -hmm. All I did was calibrate where you are. So people who are listening, we're able to see each other on FaceTime. And mm -hmm. so I was able to watch you when I asked the question and you right away went to your main one. And then you asked for clarification of the question. Then you comfortably went right into your main one. <laughs> so here's the thing. If somebody looks mm -hmm. up, they're visual. If they look to the side, they're auditory. If they look down toward their hands, they're kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. This typically, not all the time, there's always people who break those rules, 
but typically it's their dominant one. Wait, where did I look? Visual. Okay. Oh, I looked up. Okay. Yep, you felt it. As soon as you did it, you're like, yep, that's where I went. Yeah, that's really interesting about, you know, bringing this back to nutrition and weight loss and all of that. What are some of the more common, um, let's call them limiting beliefs, right? Or, Or thoughts that people have that is stopping them from actually making progress? That they have to have certain things done in order to start. Right. It's kind of like people who say, I need to buy new workout clothes before I go to the gym. Yeah, that's just a form of self-sabotage. Yeah, we have wonderful ways to self-sabotage ourselves. Why do we do that? Because there's something inside that thinks you are not worthy of accomplishing, accomplishing your goal. Laura, I've got a question for you because you'll be good at this. I'm thinking of giving something small to a couple of my friends, but I've run out of ideas of what to give them. Uh, Excuse me, what about my range of candles? The London one would be perfect for your evenings in. It's also made of coconut wax and essential oils, which makes them both vegan and pet friendly. Oh my god, I cannot believe I've actually forgotten that you've got a whole range of candles. All my candles, they're inspired by my travels. For people who don't care for candles, Laura also has loads of other homeware products that are super chic and will be perfect for gifting for any occasion. Also, if you run out of ideas, I've put some curated gift sets together online so you can really customize them with the color combinations and different products and they're all neatly wrapped in gorgeous packaging. And remind me, where can people find your amazing collection? So my website is laurajacksondesign.com or you can also find me on Instagram, laura underscore jackson underscore designs. So everyone check out Laura's stuff now and use promo code nutrition to get 15% off any orders. That's promo code nutrition. Segwaying from that, don't think that that's a word, but (laughs) let's move on from that to the idea of stress. Now, stress and anxiety are two extremely powerful elements of people having self-sabotaging habits. How does that relate to our consciousness or unconsciousness? Where is that coming from? It comes from the chemical reactions in the body. So it's not really has anything to do with consciousness, but it could have everything to do with consciousness. So if Mm. you're consciously aware of fear, all kinds of stuff going on that is just negative and heartbreaking and gut-wrenching and feels heavy, you know, you're going to trigger hormones within your body to want to protect yourself, maybe hoard, um, maybe eat more or save some for later. So these are natural chemical responses, natural reactions that the nervous system has. And the nervous system is not our consciousness. However, our consciousness, what we're aware of, affects the nervous system. Some of us allow the nervous system to affect our consciousness, which is actually backwards and can cause Mm. bad choices, uh, comfort eating, those kind of things. And these stress hormones are so powerful. They affect 
everything. And I've worked with women who they got to work out every day. They got to do this, do that, but go, 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 stress, 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 stress. And I'm like, I, I was totally that person. You are working against yourself by releasing cortisol. You're actually creating inflammation and causing your body to hoard. <laughs> she was mm. like, Oh my God. I'm like, you need to rest. Rest is part of your regimen. And that just took a while to click. It took a while to click. And now she realizes I probably shouldn't have worked out this today because I was stressed yesterday and I needed to more rest and cleanse today. Then you become yeah. more in tune naturally. Nobody's got to tell you, eat these things, eat this time, eat this many things a day. No, you become very in tune. Yeah. And just a bit earlier, you were talking about how one monkey can figure out how to open an oyster with a rock. And then suddenly some random monkey far away gets that and knows how to do it. And I almost feel like globally at one point, the, you know, being a workaholic has become a good thing. You know, the fact that we call it a workaholic, we know it's not a good thing, but it's become a badge of honor to overwork, to do overtime, to sacrifice. And that's just spread like wildfire, right? Yes, it's very yang energy. And it's mm -hmm. the yin energy. It's the relaxing. It's the letting go. What are you, lazy? Come on, we got to mm -hmm. get things done. When you take the time for yourself, relax, and then do those things that are important, you actually get more done with less stress. And so this is a mind shift set, mm -hmm. uh, shift because we have patterns of thoughts. We have patterns of behaviors that we might not even be aware of. And you begin to become oh, aware of, and we can't stop those patterns, but we can begin to replace them. Yeah, 100%. My next question on that is actually, is it possible to hypnotize yourself? Absolutely. Guided meditations are probably one of the best things I, I sell. And um, when I do a session, we have a meditation in there together. And sometimes my clients will take that and kind of cut it and make their own little auditory to listen to it. So mm -hmm. when you're guided into that space, it's a wonderful thing to do. However, if you're able to self-hypnotize, so that means I'm not telling myself you're getting sleepy, you're going deeper, you know, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I'm not telling myself this. What I'm doing is I set my intention. In this session, I want to, with this result, thank you, and then I come into this state of, I'm a reverend as well. So I come into this state of what I call prayer. Prayer mm -hmm. is a state of being, gratitude, prayer, just being mm -hmm. open, expanding, and just allow myself to stay in this state. And when I'm setting my intention, sometimes I'll, I'll set a time. Or sometimes I'll ask, as I go to sleep, allow this process to happen. And I wake up energized and ready for my day. So I set mm -hmm. all of that up. And then I go into the state that I go into myself. And we can go into these states of trance ourselves. We do it mm -hmm. all the time. So you do, really don't need anyone. But some of us, like I do, I love guided meditations. I love making yeah. them. I love listening. Because then I can just completely let go. 
But if I feel like I'm the one doing it, then I, my control queen kind of comes out and wants to control and, you know, <laughs> these, those things. So it's really up to the individual to, but both of them are absolutely possible. I just want to maybe do a bit of myth busting. In films on the screen, you see people holding a clock, you know, swinging it, and then people get hypnotized, or you see the kind of twirly whirlpool. I don't know what you call it, you know, the kind of twirly line, and then people kind of go uh -huh. and they just fall asleep. Um, is any of that accurate? <laughs> Well, it definitely keeps the visual, the visual, the occipital nerve very busy. So if the occipital nerve, and if you're a very visual person, then distracting your visual nerve, and I can get in another way. So, right, okay. yeah, but if I'm an auditory person and you're trying to get in through the visual and keeping my visual distracted, you won't be able to get in because I'll hear you. Right. And when people go into hypnosis, is it how films portray it that they kind of almost fall asleep, like they get knocked out cold or what does it look like? It depends on what the hypnotist does to preframe, especially for somebody who's being hypnotized for the first time. So I will tell somebody for the first time, my voice is going to be with you and you will be seated here comfortably. Mm -hmm. And then whatever that means for them, if seated here comfortably means this. And if they're, as long as they're safe, because safety, the client safety is always number one, but mm -hmm. as long as they're safe and comfortable and I will ask them, are you comfortable? And they might adjust and then say, Yes. And then we're able to proceed forward. So their safety is always first. But some of the signs are the eyes going back and forth. You can see that through the eyelids. And a lot of times almost like this drooping thing happening. So you can see all of a sudden all the muscles in their face will just suddenly relax. Mm. And like my face, I have resting face. So it'll look like, but I'll see that in people and I'll know that they've mm. gone down. They've gone down mm. those steps and they're in that space. Cool. And yeah, I, that's fascinating because I guess all my reference points would be from films and usually the villains, <laughs> you know, who if go you around want a good film, Yeah, definitely check out if you want a good film to keep you in trance and like focused in you really don't know what they're talking about, yet you're totally focused. There's an early 1980s film called My Dinner with Andre. Check it out. Okay. Is it, just for listeners' um, benefit, is it spooky, scary, exciting? What kind of film is it? It's a film about someone's journey, and they're just going to meet at this restaurant, and they talk, and they talk, and they okay. talk. And it's actually one of Cisco and Ebert's favorite films of all time. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes so people can go have a look. So just before we finish, I'd like you to, I'd like to invite you to give our listeners three actionable uh, tips or advice for them to try after listening to this. I guess in particular to how to, I guess, use what they've heard today on their own weight loss or health journeys? I would say one tip 
for sure is to become aware of when you're reacting. Become aware. And that's the first step. Just become aware. Even if you still eat the thing <laughs> that brings you to your happy pay place and releases that those good hormones, mm -hmm. become aware. And that's the first step. The second, you're worthy of whatever it is your goals are. You're worthy of it. And if you're not worthy, get the help you need. And I'm the first to admit, you know, I can't see all of what's going on within me. I've got too many blinders on for myself, but I can see everything else, you know, within mm. you. So I get my own work done. So get what you need, get the help you need, get the guidance you need, as long as it resonates with you. And then it's always self, always self first. And it sounds selfish, but if you're on a flight, and the oxygen mm -hmm. masks fall down. If you're busy trying to help everybody else put theirs on and you don't put yours on first, you're going to be the first to pass out. And mm -hmm. who's going to help you? <laughs> right? So we have to shift our mind mindset of what it means to be selfish. Not taking care of yourself is selfish. So those will be my tips. Not taking care of yourself and therefore not being the most present for those around you. I think that is more selfish. So the last question I have for you is what is the one food that takes you to your happy place every time? Um, chocolate. Any kind? Mostly dark. I don't like the light watered down milk chocolate. You can barely taste the chocolate. It's got to be chocolate. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. We are continuing the conversation next time as we get into more detail on what these three parts are of your healing team. And thank you so much for being on this journey with me. Keep being amazing. Talk soon.